You're listening to the Bitcoin and Markets Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. My name is Ansel Linder. This is the Bitcoin and Markets Podcast. This is the lesson one of my Bitcoin 101 series. Why am I making this series? Well, I've had a couple listeners talk to me and say, hey, it would be nice if you could give us some background or some uh, foundation to listen to your show. So that's what I'm, I'm doing here, trying to um, make Bitcoin easy and approachable for people um, and also the podcast easily, easily approachable by these uh, new listeners. So this lesson one is basically going to be my elevator pitch for Bitcoin. Um, people that have been in Bitcoin for a while and they talk to people, you know, they've they've kind of perfected or tried to perfect their elevator pitch. This is going to be my uh, an altered elevator pitch for me. I'm going to stretch it out and, and go a little bit more in depth, but I'm, it's going to be five minutes. I'm trying to do five minutes here. All right. So what is Bitcoin? Bitcoin is global digital cash. Uh, Satoshi, the creator of Bitcoin, back in 2008, he released an academic white paper that described Bitcoin, and he called it peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash. Now, cash to me is peer-to-peer, -peer, so that's kind of redundant, and I use the term digital because it's a little bit more futuristic than electronic. So that that's it's purely a personal taste on that, but yeah, global digital cash. It's Bitcoin is not issued or controlled by any government or any centralized party. So uh, no company and no organization. Um, that's very unique. And being that way that uh, it can't it can be sent to anyone anywhere in the world for any reason. And it cannot be stopped by a third party. It can't be censored. Um, it can't your accounts can't be frozen or confiscated. Now, in a little way, it, they can be if you use a service on top of Bitcoin, like a payment processor or something. They can, they can mess with your Bitcoin. But if you are using it pure, like pure Bitcoin cannot be uh, stopped or frozen or any of that stuff. Uh, there's no capital controls in Bitcoin. So people don't control your money. Capital controls is just a fancy word for someone else controlling your money. Be having limits on your ATM withdrawals, uh, having limits on your cash withdrawals from the bank, um, having limits placed on what you can buy online or what you can send, uh, where you can send your money. So those are all capital controls. Bitcoin is, does not have any capital controls like that. Uh, currently Bitcoin has several uses, uh, since it can't be stopped and it can't be frozen and all this stuff and it's, partly anonymous called pseudo anonymous uh, people have used it online for drugs um, famously the silk road with dread pirate roberts was taken down several years ago um, it was the largest up to that point the largest online marketplace for drugs and it used solely bitcoin most of these marketplaces now use solely bitcoin on the dark web what's interesting though is that the the only 10 percent of the listings on silk road were drugs and out of those listings for drugs, most of them were prescription drugs. Very, very few of any listings anywhere on the dark net are heroin or, or meth or something like that. Maybe even cannabis. And more and more today, cannabis is being seen as, uh, not, it's seen as a prescription drug. 
Another use case is gambling. Uh, gambling is borderline, right? Some places see it as illegal, and some places it's totally legal to gamble in all forms. Some places it's only legal to gamble on cards and not dice. I mean, the rules are so crazy. But online, with Bitcoin, you can do whatever you want to. Uh, and there is no judgment. Bitcoin doesn't judge people. And last, last use case that I think is the most important is savings. When you look at the world today, and this is, my podcast is a lot about markets, global markets. Well, with Bitcoin, uh, once you learn about Bitcoin, then you look back at the traditional markets and you see, oh, look at these negative interest rates places. Why would anybody buy a, buy a bond at negative interest rates? Um, you see inflation targets. People, they are purposely trying to devalue your savings. Um, all this stuff, uh, the amount of debt, I mean, the whole system is, there's so many systemic risks in the system. Bitcoin looks like an island of tranquility compared to that. Even though it's volatile, it's sane. The monetary policy of Bitcoin is sane. The, everything about it is very sane when you look at it compared to the traditional markets. So lots of people are deciding to save in Bitcoin, which is, pretty cool in my opinion and and the more people that save you know that's that puts a floor on the price and just pushes the price up higher so uh it's a virtuous cycle you get you get um rewarded for saving which is pretty awesome in today's climate in summary bitcoin is global digital cash it's not issued or controlled by anyone it can be sent to anyone, anywhere, anytime, for any reason, and it can't be stopped, frozen, censored, uh, any of that. It's a way to get around capital controls. Its main use cases right now are drugs, uh, you know, dark net market stuff, gambling, and savings. I think savings is the most popular use case. The use cases will expand in the future as this Bitcoin ecosystem gets built out and, you know, Bitcoin is programmable money. So it, the use cases will just get more, but it will never be controlled by a, a government or a bank. Up next, lesson two is going to be about cash. To understand Bitcoin, we need to understand what cash is and the traditional understanding of it and how Bitcoin has changed the definition of what cash is. So join me with lesson two. See you then. Peace.